Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. Every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Bruce Franks Jr., a 34-year-old Ferguson activist and battle rapper, was elected to the overwhelmingly white and Republican Missouri House of Representatives, but must overcome both personal trauma and political obstacles to pass a bill critical for his community. And that is a bit of the backstory behind this wonderful new short doc uh, film called St. Louis Superman. And we're joined today by one of the co-directors of that film, and that's Smriti Mundra. The other director of the film is Sammy Khan, who's not joining us today. But Smriti, welcome to Film School Radio. Thank you so much. Thank you very much. What a very compelling and dynamic film this is, and so much of it has to do with uh, Bruce Franks Jr. He is just a very compelling subject, a lot of charisma, uh, and a man who is is driven by uh, his family's personal history uh, in regard to violence. And uh, tell me a little bit about how you got to know about Bruce Franks Jr. Yeah, um, so, it, you know, I, I found Bruce in a you know somewhat unconventional way. Um, I am not from St. Louis. I'm, you know, I'm from Los Angeles and Mumbai. And um, actually, uh, after... 2016, after the election, which, you know, left most of us feeling sort of hopeless and despondent about um, many things, uh, I started reading a lot, you know, looking more into local news, local, you know, um, and looking into local politics just to sort of find stories or find inspiration from uh, communities and from people who, for whom politics was, was not people shouting at each other on cable news, but actually very personal um, and very impactful on their lives. In that sort of broad search, I came across a local St. Louis newspaper profile on, on Bruce that um, ran shortly after he was um, elected um, in 2016, same, same time as Trump. And I was just really, really captivated by what I read, and there was a video that accompanied it, and I so, you know, watched that and watching him speak. And just to, you know, first of all, just, you know, on the face of it, to see a young black man with face tattoos, you know, wearing a hoodie, you know, as a state representative and, and navigating in these very white, very Republican spaces was was uh, interesting to me. But then in reading more about Bruce and his background and also seeing him speak, um, you know, a lot of his perspective and his approach to politics and life surprised me. It wasn't necessarily what I would expect from, you know, a battle rapper and uh, uh, activist, you know. Um, mm -hmm. He came, he approached a lot of um, his work from a place of reconciliation rather than a place of anger, though he clearly, you know, has uh, plenty to be angry about, very passionate about what he does. But, um, you know, it was just the more I read about him, the more I realized he's actually, like, is able to work in a very bipartisan way um, in the House of Representatives, which is not something that anyone expects anymore generally, but especially from, you know, a young man, a young black man, you know, you wouldn't necessarily think that he would have friends in the legislature who are Republicans and, you know, be able to see eye to eye with people like that. You know, yeah, it was just, you know, really interesting to me from the start. After I read that profile, I started doing whatever I could to get in contact with him. 
Um, I would tweet at him, send him direct messages on social media. I called his office at the House of Representatives um, and didn't hear back anything for months. And then finally, somebody, his legislative aide, called me back because I think there's a rule of some kind that they have to return every call that comes into the legislative office. Okay. So his legislative aide, Danielle Spradley, called me back and we talked and I you know, just basically told her, like, look, I'm doing this you know, just as a leap of faith. And, you know, I, I know you don't know anything about me. And I know that what business do I have as a filmmaker from Los Angeles coming and saying that I want to make a documentary, you know, or tell the story about this person from St. Louis. But I said, you know, if you can convince Bruce to just meet with me, I'll fly to St. Louis, we'll just meet and see if there's anything there. And they agreed to that. Okay. And uh, that first meeting went very well, and the rest is history. Yeah. Oh, it's, that's great. Uh, and uh, what was the thing that struck you about meeting Bruce Franks Jr.? What surprised you most about meeting him? So the first day that, that Bruce and I met, it was really interesting. And it was actually essentially formed like the foundation for the entire film. Because when we first met, I didn't have any, there was no specific story, you know, yeah. or anything that we were, I didn't know, I, you know, I only knew about him what I read online and, you know, through his Twitter and everything. So I didn't know anything about the bill that was, he was working on. I didn't know anything. So when we first met, you know, I said, we, we talked and I said, I was like, can I just shadow, you know, we were meant to just meet for a coffee. And then I, you know, said, and he told me all the things he had to do in that day, which was like, he was going to go to a protest, you know, March for Our Lives protest, uh, rally. Then he was going to go speak at uh, ritzy private school, you know, in Ladue, which is like a very, you know, upscale part of St. Louis. Then he was going to drive out to Franklin County, which is like way out, you know, outside of St. Louis to speak at a public high school, you know, in a very rural, you know, very white part of part of uh, Missouri and, uh, you know, all kinds of stuff, you know, in between. And so I just asked him, I said, can I just shadow you for the day? And can I just, you know, like, I'll just, can we just film, you know, like, let's mm. just film for the day. And, and he, at that point, I think he was like, comfortable enough. And he said, yeah, sure. Uh, oh, and he was like on a political talk show, you know, um, local political talk show. And it just seeing him in sort of like an average day in his life and the, the different situations he was in, the different types of people he spoke to in that day, whether it's um, the sort of local Republican politicians or wealthy private school kids or rural public high school kids or activists. It was just fascinating for me to see him speak to all these different groups of people, be able to truly connect with them, and essentially do so without changing what he was saying. Like he doesn't have, he doesn't speak one way to private school kids and another way to Republicans and another way to activists. He's very consistent in terms of what he says, um, the way he presents himself, but he has a, an ability to just connect with people and meet people where they are and really connect with them um, where they are. And that was really, really surprising and fascinating to me. Also exhausting, you know, like <laughs> that, that was an average day for him, maybe even a slow day for him. So I was like just amazed at how much he how active he was, you know, like I think we have this image of, of politicians as being people who are like bureaucrats and they sit up in offices and are only worried about re-election and, you know, we have such a negative view of politicians these days and, you know, not for, you know, no reason, Bruce doesn't ever refer to himself as a politician. He refers to himself as an elected official or a civil servant and, uh, you know, I really saw that in spending time with him that first day that he was not in it for the glory or the title or anything. He was in it to actually make a difference in his community and I saw him doing that very 
authentically and very consistently um, in just one day of spending time with him. Mm-hmm. So that was one thing that surprised me. And the second thing that surprised me, or, or I guess was sort of revelatory, was just seeing him in the moments between, you know, um, these different appearances. He seemed exhausted, you know, and every time, you know, like a lot of his work, you know, involves him telling his life story, which includes a lot of death and a lot of pain. And every time he had to tell that story in a public forum, I could see it was like taking something out of him, you Mm -hmm. know? And uh, it was, I think that's really where like the seed of what eventually became the film came from, is really exploring the um, the toll that the, this kind of work takes on somebody who doesn't have like three layers of separation from the community that they're fighting for. You know, they're, mm. he lives in the community. He suffers from the same issues. You know that that his constituents suffer from. Um, you know, he shops where his constituents shop. You know, he's not like legislating from from an ivory tower. So, and that takes a toll. You know, and it takes a toll. You know, being a black man in very white spaces and a Democrat in an overwhelmingly Republican space. And that was sort of something we sort of decided early on we wanted to explore in more depth. Right. Well, one of the things that we see in the film is just what you described, the sort of the level of commitment and energy that he brings uh, to his work in the legislature, to his family, and also uh, to his, there's a segment in the film of, of him, he's a battle rapper. Mm-hmm. And so, and as he says in the film, I approach battle rapping with with the exact same preparation that I do when I come before the legislature mm-hmm. to talk about my bill, to talk about or his legislation. But there's one bill in particular that he's he is uh, working to pass of something that's very personal, but it's also about his community as well. And that is the sort of the dramatic thread that pulls you through the film is his commitment to getting this particular bill passed and the relationship it has to his family and to his community and to him personally is something that he feels very, very strongly about. And I agree, watching the film, I agree with you, you can see how exhausting it is for him to do all of those different things and the energy that comes with being in those different spaces, mm-hmm. right? Being in a, in a Republican-dominated, white majority, vastly white majority environment. And, but he, he, as you said as well, he brings that authenticity to all of these different places in his life. And that's what makes him endlessly fascinating to watch and mm-hmm. to, to be around. So, and you're able to capture that, which I think is wonderful. And with that, I'd like to just say that for our audience that we're, the film is called St. Louis Superman. And it is a short documentary. I think it's around 30 minutes in length. And we're talking with one of the co-directors of that film. Uh, so Reti Mundra, who along with Sammy Khan directed uh, St. Louis Superman. And by the way, I think it bears some mention that your executive producer is Sheila Nevins, who is, for those of you who don't know, was one of the most influential producers in the world, given her position at HBO. She is still at, at HBO, or she's not. She's um, now uh, she has started up MTV's brand new um, documentary films division, MTV Documentary Films. Wow. Yeah. Okay. 
Well, that's fantastic, and congratulations for bringing uh, her into this project or getting her to come on board. Uh, again, uh, if anyone knows anything about documentary film, knows what an incredible uh, impact that she has had on the lives of documentary filmmakers and the the public's access to some amazing stories. And this is one of them. This is a really remarkable story. We all know about Ferguson. But what, you know, there are certain things that we think we know about Ferguson, and that's where Bruce Franks Jr. is from. He's from Ferguson, and his son... His birthday is the anniversary of the shooting of Mike Brown. Mm -hmm. And so that's another element in this film. There are just so many elements to this film. And in a half an hour, you cover a lot of ground and a lot of different issues. And again, congratulations on all of that. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. And just to, for the, for those in the audience who don't, uh, you know, who want some context as to how... Um, um, important Sheila is, um, Sheila Nevins is to documentary filmmaking. I always tell people who are not from our community that she's like the Michael Jordan of documentary filmmaking. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> so. well, yeah I, I agree. I think uh, I would say Mount Rushmore. There would be a couple of other people that I would put up on that. Uh, Lois Vossen from, uh, from, well, she started out with Sundance and now she's with POV and Independent Lens on, on uh, PBS. And so mm -hmm. there are not many people you would put in that circle mm -hmm. of, uh, people with Sheila Nevins, but uh, yes, absolutely right on that. Tell us a little bit about the theatrical release, or how you kind of marketing the, the film, because this is a show for filmmakers. Mm -hmm. uh, how are you going about getting the word out? So this, th this experience has been unlike any other experience I've had with um, making or releasing a film. Um, it has been, it has taken on a life of its own, honestly. Um, I am used to working, plugging away thanklessly on films for years and, you know, being thrilled to get into a film festival and get a little bit of attention and then, you know, you know, toiling away to get a film released and get attention for the film around its release and then moving on. You know, that's sort of like any independent filmmaker, film student, you know, will understand that grind. I expected it to be the same for this film. You know, we were lucky enough, you know, that we um, the film was commissioned, uh, you know, pitched the idea to Witness, which is a documentary strand of Al Jazeera English. But when, you know, around the time that I first met Bruce and what decided to, like, you know, Sammy and I decided we wanted to make a film on him, and they were very receptive and, and commissioned the film. But they're a broadcast network, so it was like, okay, make the film, we'll put it out on, you know, a network. You know, I talked to uh, our producer, who is the commissioning producer at Witness, uh, her name is Posey Tang, and I said, you know, let's give us a little window. Let us try to, you know, get this film into a festival or two before you put it out for broadcast. And she said, okay, you know, I'll, 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 I'll get you like a three-month window. Try it. For three months, in, within three months, you can't get any festival invites, then we're going we're gonna to air it. Um, and in that time, we got into the Big Sky Documentary Film Festival in Montana, won, which is an Oscars qualifying festival, won uh, the Grand Jury Prize there. Uh, got into the Tribeca Film Festival, um, won a, a jury recognition at that festival, and then from there it was just on and on and on. And it just sort of, the film just took on a life of its own and the momentum just built from there. At this point, you know, we've screened at uh, over a dozen festivals and won something or gotten been recognized in some way at almost every festival we've screened at. And I really, really, really credit that with two things. One is Bruce as a subject, 
you know, one of the most charismatic and, uh, and uh, giving documentary subjects that I've worked with. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, no ma- you can't, there's no making a good documentary film without a great subject. And yep. you, can, you can be a mediocre filmmaker and make a great film if you have a great subject, you know, but if you can <laughs> make a great film, you know, about a, you know, uh, you can be an experienced filmmaker and have a mediocre film if your subject is not willing. And Bruce was an amazing subject and he gave a lot um, to this film and to us as filmmakers. So that's one. The second reason is, you know, that I think the film has taken off the way it has is because I feel like it's tapping into something in the zeitgeist right now. You know, I think people want to look for meaning in politics. We're all exhausted of of watching cable news and what's happening in Washington, you know, but also recognizing that, you know, the work that's happening in politics is vital and it's touching all of us. So to see somebody who is kind of against every preconceived notion you might have actually be able to make a difference, you know, I think that's something that we all really want to feel and see. So yeah, people are really gravitating, I think, towards that um, that story in this particular moment in time. So, you know, I think tapping into something, I can't, you know, take any credit for, like, figuring this out beforehand, but um, <laughs> I have learned that it's it's an important element, you know, to making films is to try to, to tap into some kind of zeitgeisty public consciousness something that's like you know that will hit people in the gut you know i think that that can really help for a film to resonate and then you know once things started really taking off with the film you know we had incredible support from witness you know then out of tribeca the film you know sheila contacted us and um you know she was said she was launching mtv documentary films and she wanted this to be her first you know acquisition for that um for that slate and it just snowballed from there you know and it's like now we have an absolute dream team you know of people you know we always had a dream team in terms of our our crew and you know all of the creative the key creative people you know the whole crew that we've been working with but to have the benefit you know the the of mtv you know all of their resources you know sheila and her deep knowledge expertise compassion to have all of that is um has been just an unbelievable gift, and I don't expect it's going to happen too many times in my life, but I'm enjoying it now <laughs> while it's yeah, happening. That's that's great. Congratulations, truly congratulations. Thank you. Yeah, well, well, wonderful. St. Louis Superman, be looking for it, um, and there will soon be a website for it. I'm going to guess, and mm-hmm. uh, so, but in the meantime, just sort of keep your ear to the ground. Any other suggestions? For, you said the MTV. Uh, yeah, I would say if you, you know, the best way to find out everything that's, you know, like what's happening with the film and stay up to date is to follow um, Bruce on social media at oh. Bruce Franks Jr. Okay, fantastic, wonderful. Thank you for coming back to Film School Radio. You uh, were here previously uh, and um, with uh, Sarita uh, Kunrana, you were yes. here. Yes, you were here to talk about A Suitable Girl, which I really liked a lot. And I I will confess to you and to all listening that I it slipped my mind until I thought, you know, your name is familiar. <laughs> Let me see if I know you from somewhere else. And uh, yes, you you came on to talk about, which was, a, again, it was a really good documentary about marriage in India and the and the business of, of, of marriage in India. It's just a really compelling film. So my congratulations on these two really, truly terrific projects. 
Thank you so much. It slipped my mind, too, but it's very nice to talk to you again. Uh, <laughs> Thank you. I thought, well, I'm just, you know, I'm at that point in my life where I don't remember as many things as I used to. <laughs> On that note, I, all the best, all the very best to you, Sammy Khan, moving forward with this uh, film and and continue working with this group of people, however you have to make that happen. Thank you. Yeah, it's it's wonderful. So the film, again, is St. Louis Superman, the story, really, of story of Bruce Franks and Bruce Franks Jr. And uh, what a compelling person he is, and I only hope for the best for him. I know he seems sounds like he's just kind of trying to reset his life in some way and Mm -hmm. I hope when he comes out on the other side of it uh, he's the same dynamic person that he is in this film absolutely yeah yeah thank you so much Samriti Mundra thank you so much for coming back to Film School Radio You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio.